Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Green Forest, and today we welcome our delightful special guest, Michelle P.W., also known as Michelle Parisa Wayset. She is a best-selling, award-winning fiction and non-fiction author. On the fiction side, she writes psychological thrillers slash mystery slash suspense books and has a popular book blog. On the non-fiction side, she's written five books in the love-based business series that share how to sell more with love and build a solid, profitable business on a foundation of love. In addition, she owns a copywriting and marketing company that has sold in excess of $50 million worth of products and services over the past eight years. And I have a personal relationship. I've known Michelle for a decade now, uh, going on the second decade. And she is one of those people that I absolutely admire for not only her wicked smartness, because she's definitely wickedly smart, but also for her immense humility. She's uh, originally from Wisconsin, and she's just got that huge, like, down-to-earth humility that she brings to the table that I just deeply appreciate, and I am just so grateful that I can call her not only a guest, but also a friend. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show today, Michelle. Well, I absolutely had to be on the show. In fact, I figured you did one just for women so you could have me on since I couldn't be on your men on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so you put that into the prayer zone and it came true, right? I did. I figured, you know what? There's got to be a way for Emerald to get me to get on Emerald's podcast. I know she needs to do one for women. <laughs> there we go. Well, I just want to talk to you, Michelle, about I think the main thing I want to bring to the table here in this conversation with you is how you have followed your calling to communicate with the world. You've followed your calling to become an author, to become a speaker, to become somebody who helps other people to communicate their messages clearly. So I'd love it if you would give our listeners just a little bit of a background on how you came to be so powerfully confident in your capacity to communicate and how you stepped into and answered that calling. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
I think, well, we, we have to start when I was three, because when I was three, I taught myself to read, and I taught myself to read because I wanted to write stories so badly. And I think, I, I think I've shared this story with you before, but it, it bears repeating, because what I was doing at the time was I was drawing what I called happy face spiders, and happy face spiders, because I, I wanted to communicate stories. So I couldn't write words, so I would illustrate using little happy face spiders. So I had happy, and I also had sad face spiders too, if it was a sad story. And my, you know, my family was delighted with my happy face spiders. But as you pointed out, you know, spider brings the word. So it makes sense that I, that I landed upon that. And I taught myself to read because I'd actually memorized the book, Old Hat, New Hat. And I, and then I would sit there and it was memorized and I would just repeat the words since I knew what the words were on that page and stare at the, the little squiggles at that point until they finally like turned into actual letters and words so that I could write, I could actually write my stories. So this was very much driven in me. And then I promptly uh, lost my way when I got older. <laughs> I mean, I actually wrote my first novel when I was 16, which I've lost because it was on one of those old WordPress things with a little disc and that didn't work out very well. And I, um, and I also won a, an award, a fiction award in high school. So, you know, everything was going well. And then I just kind of, I, I was so focused on me being the good girl and the responsible girl and getting a job because I really thought I needed to go get a job and then write my fiction on the side. And somehow in this whole thing, I kind of turned into the fiction was always kind of like in the future and never in the present. And I think that was one of the ways that I sort of created this sort of existence where I didn't actually get my fiction out. But the thing is, is that I was so driven by words that even looking for a job, what do I end up being? It's like I end up, you know, becoming a copywriter, building an uh, a copywriting company, an international copywriting company that served many of the people that we know in the space. So, so you know, I couldn't get away from way of it, even if I wanted to. But now I feel like with this year, I'm able. I'm finally bringing all my little happy spiders home to roost. <laughs> bringing them all together under my umbrella where I've got a publishing company now, the fiction, the nonfiction, and the copywriting. They're all living happily together. Lovely. I love that. So I love the fact that you were driven by words, but I also just want to dive in a little deeper there that what I heard from you, Michelle, was you were also highly sensitive to and aware of the emotions. You saw that you had a happy face of spiders and the sad face spiders. So I know that emotion is a really powerful tool that we use, whether it's in copywriting or in fiction or any nonfiction. So for you, what I'm hearing is like there was that emotional intelligence, plus there was this drive to create some kind of written communication, even if it was in the form of happy face spiders or sad face spiders. And so I love that. And yes, as you pointed out, spider did bring the word. So one of the things that I also love about you, Michelle, is that you have become over the years shameless about your connection with the animal kingdom and the communications that come in from the animal kingdom for you and to you and at a metaphysical and spiritual level. So I wanted to dive in there a little bit and see if you want to talk about either Spider as your ally in your work or any other 
you know, allies that you have created in the more esoteric realm to support you and guide you as you are making your way through the world as a weaver of webs of words. Yes, I think that is me with the spiders. So, wow. Okay, well, the emotional piece of it, that has actually been reflected in the whole love-based philosophy. Because one of the things, in fact, you were one of, you and Nancy Marmalejo um, were the two people who really were championing me to come up with a different way of writing copy that didn't feel so salesy and authentic, all this other stuff. And notice, even with that, it was feel so salesy. And um, it took me a while to embrace that. That's a whole other story. But basically, the way that worked out was in order to persuade anybody to do anything, you have to tap into their emotions, you tap into love, or you can tap into fear. And most traditional direct response copy that feels icky and salesy is tapping into fear. And I teach how you can tap into love. So that's kind of, that's, that's it very fast in a nutshell. But you're right. So the, I didn't even think about that with the emotions, my happy face and my sad face. And my sad face fighters, usually they were like a Shakespearean tragedy where everybody died in the end, <laughs> even though I didn't know about Shakespearean tragedy. <laughs> but, then I, but yeah, I, so that's, so I've always, I guess, felt that feeling and then that emotion piece of it, bringing that to the copy, you know, something as I guess as hard as copy, because in in uh, you know it's just it's because copy on its surface seems very technical. I mean, it's not, I mean, but it you know very like or very objective, very black or white. You know, no room for for emotions, but yet there is a lot of room for emotions. In fact, that that's what part of it is is evoking emotions, which of course is also the fiction piece of it. You know, because in there you're you're evoking you know the fictional dream. Um, in order to really have people live in a story. And I do believe that stories are any kind of art, really, is creating a safe environment for us to feel our emotions because so many of us are shut down. So I think that's reading emotions and or reading, you know, getting caught up in somebody, another person's family, allows us a safe place to feel our emotions without us being impacted physically or, you know, having something happen in our life. And yes, and I do love my animals, so I do have dogs are big as well. And yes, I do have my my spider friends who often come to visit me, although if they are a poisonous black widow, I, I usually take them outside, but I will kill the poisonous black widows. But otherwise, yes, I, I do. <laughs> I've, I've, I've over the years, I've tried very hard to you know work with you know take them outside when they've come into the house, and yeah, the dogs. I have a lot with the dogs, with birds. Yes, I've had a lot of birds visit. I had a coyote visit me when one of the year two, where uh, in the middle of the day, I decided that my year was going to be delightful and then a coyote shows up. And yes, that was quite the topsy-turvy view of delightfulness over the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. All right, sweetheart. Well, we are already closing in on the break. But before we go to the break, what I wanted to just highlight there was a couple things that you said. One was about your fiction. You had put it into always being in the future instead of in the present. Yes. And so when we come back from the break, what I would love to do is have you offer into our listeners, into the Wickedly Smart Women who are listening, some guidance or suggestions or perhaps steps that you took that you had to take 
uh, whether it was doing internal work or, or the external actions or some combination of both, I'd love to have you think while we're going to the break here about what you'd like to communicate to our wickedly smart women out there who are putting off, whether it's a book or whether it's, um, you know, some other dream that's always in the future and what you did and what you can offer to them to help them maybe, you know, wake up and take the actions in the present that will help them to at least begin to manifest what they see or know that they need to do. But right now we're going to go to a quick break. So uh, we can be smart women. We do need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world, and I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Nigeria. Hello, Nigeria. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be right back with Michelle P.W. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Michelle PW. If you want to find out more about her, you can go to her website at Michelle. That's a one L Michelle PW.com. We will have that in the show notes. Uh, you are one of the many 1L Michelles that I have in my life. So I do like to point that out, that she's a 1L Michelle. Michelle, before we went to the break, we talked about you putting into the future your fiction. And I remember when we were sitting somewhere, I can't remember where, it was either at a luncheon, at an event, or we were sitting around the fire at a cocktail after party at an event, because usually we spend time with one another, we're at some kind of business event. And I remember you talking about this book that you had in the drawer. So tell us what happened for you and what choices you made that allowed you to turn from a wannabe fiction writer into an actual published award-winning fiction writer. So what really pushed it over, though I'd started the journey a little bit before then, was my mother dying. 
And so for all of you listening, I really don't, if I could do anything to keep you, you know, from starting this before a loved one dies, I think that would be a much better thing to happen. So for me, uh, I had spent a week with my mother in ICU. She had cancer. The doctors all thought she was going to die. She had actually had a heart attack earlier in the day. My sister and I were splitting. I was the day shift. She was night shift. And, um, and I was all alone with her and holding her hand and crying and reading to her. And the two things I was saying in, in my head was, uh, let go and let God, and I'm not going to die with my books inside me. And I just kept repeating those over and over and over again. Uh, well, she didn't actually die, believe it or not. We, everyone thought she was, but the next day she actually had a miraculous recovery. But she did end up passing nine months later. But in that whole thing, you know, it spurred me on to finally like decide that this was going to happen sometime in the future. I mean, even my languaging was like, okay, so, you know, once I make, once I make X amount of money, or once I get X amount, then I'll start working on my fiction. And it was always that for a really long time until I finally decided that I was never going to work on it unless I made time right now and made space for it. And the interesting thing was, I didn't think I could make time or space because I thought that I was too busy. Because I was, I was very busy and I was very, I was very exhausted and I felt overwhelmed a lot. But it was interesting because when I made time and started working on the fiction, I found that a lot of my overwhelm and stress melted away. So it was, this is one of those things that adding sometimes can actually work. Before then, you know, for years I was like, I would, I would I'd get myself overwhelmed. So I'd be like going to massages and going this and going that. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And if you need a massage, you didn't need a massage. But the thing is, is that once I moved into the fiction, that was no longer something that I really needed. It's like the fiction was enough. So, but for all of you listening, and if you're feeling this, rather than waiting for a loved one to die, I think what really had to happen, and even with that kind of that push, I still had to go through it, is feel your emotions and really shift your identity. So like, look at your language. You know, what is your language saying? If you keep saying you're putting it off in the future, maybe start figuring out a way to do it now, even if it's only five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day. So just take action now and steps to it now and then see what opens up. And while you do that, your, your head's going to make all kinds of reasons why you can. Your emotions are going to come up like you're going to be worried or angry or something. And you just got to feel them and keep taking action. Mm, beautiful. So I just want to recapitulate that because it was really powerful. So what I heard was decide to make time and space. And one thing I know for sure in my own life, and I'm sure everyone who's listening has had the experience that when you need to make time and space, time becomes elastic and yeah. you actually can manipulate time. And when we're in something that we really love to do, time is, we, we go into that timeless space. So number one, decide to make time and space. Number two, feel the emotions. Let yourself feel the emotions. And what I really loved about what you said there was all this feeling of overwhelm that you had before you made the decision. As soon as you made the decision and stepped into it, that all lifted. And, and what I'm hearing is like the overwhelm was this feeling of overwhelming pressure to actually get the fiction out that you were actually in your mind, you were thinking it was all the other work that you were doing that was your overwhelm, but it was really the overwhelming pressure to get the fiction out of the drawer. 
And then I loved what you said about the languaging, because of course you are a wizard of words. So, and when we say the word once, you know, once is a very powerful word. So once I make, once I do this, once I do that is actually future anchoring you rather than uh, present anchoring you. And then finally to take a step, any step now to be in action now. So those are beautiful. And what I want to also ask you about is you said that you lost your way, but did you really lose your way? I want to, I want to kind of like reflect back to you. Did you really lose your way or did you just take a circuitous route to where you're going? Cause I do think a lot of times we can beat ourselves up about how the past was. You know, we've been talking about putting stuff out into the future, but I think we can also beat ourselves up about how the past was. And so maybe it took the exact right amount of time and maybe you didn't lose your way. I'm just going to challenge you with that, Michelle, and see what you have to say about that. No, you're, you're probably right. And the thing is, because I've thought about that before, because quite honestly, if I hadn't taken this route, if I had you know, then like, I would never have met you. I would, I I don't, you know, I wouldn't have met my entrepreneurial friends who I just love and adore. I probably wouldn't have done the self-personal development work that I had. So I think this was the correct way. So the fact that I kind of went this route and went to the copywriting and, you know, and then the copywriting idea, the love-based philosophy found me and downloaded into me. And I am delighted and grateful and honored I could bring that. I, I was the one chosen to bring that work into the world. But I, I guess for me, and this is just something that I need to just come to terms with, I just wish I had figured this out a little sooner than I did. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, the other thing I, I do want to put into the space here is if you're listening, ladies, what Michelle has been able to do is she has been able to actually beautifully marry her creativity and her wicked smart business brain because she's responsible for multiple millions of dollars in sales of products and services as a result of her words. So let's talk about money in our final segment here, the last little bit of time that we have. Let's talk about money, Michelle, because I know that I was part of your love-based money book and you and I've had many conversations about money and I think creative women and the collective belief system around being creative and being able to make money, we're in the process of morphing that into something different than it has been. So I'd love to hear you talk about your relationship with money. And if you have anything to offer to our creative, wickedly smart women out there about kind of the money things that can happen for us internally that you've overcome and offer them something to, you know, help them to overcome the same thing. Yeah. So I would just say that I think the money is my mirror and it's not always, sometimes it's your health, sometimes it's relationships. So whatever your mirror, so, I mean, you could look at this for money, but you can look at this really for whatever mirror is. And so I think rather than take, like if something happens, like then the money dries up or something, um, rather than taking it as like a sign from the universe that you're doing something wrong or freaking out or or whatever, look at it as it's a wake-up call. And it's not personal, but it's it's telling you to go 
look at something. So there's something out of whack because quite honestly, you know, we should be having all this stuff should be flowing, maybe not equally. I don't know if there's ever such a thing as equally, but it should be all flowing to us, our health, our relationship, you know, money, all of that should be flowing. And I think I do believe in a dance. I just had a live stream today about how I write and how I balance the different projects and I dance with them. So sometimes one project is more important and sometimes another, but I try to find time for all of them. It just depends on how much. And I think that's the same thing with all this is like, you know, these things, sometimes you need to step back and fix your health. Sometimes you need to do this. So if something is, it's like, this is a wake up call and look at this, but we put so much more of a, a bigger story on it that it needs to be, because that's the word. Mm, yeah, beautiful. I love that. Of course, somebody who writes stories would, <laughs> would bring that medicine to the table about money. Stop making a big story out of your money yes. situation <laughs> and watch your uh, languaging around that, especially if you're oncing yourself with the money stuff. So beautiful, Michelle. Well, that was amazing. I love you so much. I want to remind everyone that you can Find the happy face spider, Michelle, at michellepw.com and definitely look for that in the show notes. We do love feedback, listeners. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343, or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.